All right. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. I am Tristan, and I am tonight joined by my good friend, Damien Maffei. Damien, say hello. Hello. From Zoom land. Uh, hello. How's, how's things? Things are okay. They're, they're... You're, you're out there working on something very important that you might want to plug on this, this very podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're... <laughs> we're um... We're in the, you know, deep in the trenches of a crowdfunding campaign, uh, an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign, which is like, it was like, I need like a 24 hour job. Uh, like, how can I get like 24 hours of, of job that doesn't really pay me? Um, and then, yeah, so the crowdfunder was born. It's like, so that's, that sounds like fun. Uh, that was like, was what, what is the worst time to, what, what could be like, Hey guys, what's the worst time to launch a crowdfunder? Like, can anybody think? And some people are like, well, I mean, if it was like a pandemic and riots and like, you know, just shooting, shooting each other and stuff. Like if we could find that, then that would be great. So that's what we did. That's great. I mean, this would be really perfect if you were remaking The Purge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're doing great. You're 75% of the way there. We're and the uh, looks amazing. I'm really excited about it. We've gone over a lot of the a lot of the little specifics that we won't talk about here to ruin anything, but I'm I'm really excited about it. The movie looks fucking amazing. It's good. it's got a great cast. It's got great it's got a great script. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're um Ten days into it now, I, uh, I get, uh, this is like twenty-two days left or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> Nobody does. But we're seventy-five percent of the way to the goal, which is is pretty good. So uh, you know, we've got twenty-two days left, and we keep you know trying to roll out like cool perks, incentives, and uh, I think we're going to keep doing that. And you know, with these things, sometimes you think you got something really cool, and then. No one, no one gets. It. And then there's. I do know exactly of, what that's like. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of perks which have just like disappeared almost immediately, and like like in the movie perks. And then we've had some some more bizarre ones. Like Felissa uh, put her her bra up. From <laughs> he saw that. Just filmed, and that sold in like a minute. And I put. That's terrifying. From the campaign scene. And that sold in 35 seconds. Like I was doing an Instagram post about the new perks. And by the time I posted it, like these, these things were gone, which is great. So, so you're followed by a bunch of fucking weirdos. That's great. That's good news. It's a great sweater. <laughs> it is a great sweater. Uh, man. So I brought you here aside from to plug this amazing movie that I'm really excited about. Time's Up, campaign. by the way. Is what Time's Up Time's is up the name of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Time's Up on Indiegogo mm -hmm. right now. Go support it. It's awesome. Watch the video. Um, yeah, see, see if you want to. You don't have to. <laughs> I guarantee you do. Uh, if you would listen to this podcast, you probably want to support this campaign. So yeah. let me tell you. So you are a fan of this movie. The movie I am referring to, of course, is Madhouse from 1981. That's correct. That's this is accusatory. 
It did because it was kind of. I mean, I'm not. I don't think it's a bad movie. I'm not. I wouldn't. I would definitely not this go. This is a that bad far. start. This is a bad. Start. But it is. Well, okay. So I would say that if, for me, I mean, you probably would guess this already. But if I was going to choose one of the two movies that are basically the same movie from the same year, yeah, you Happy the wrong Birthday one. to Me, or or Madhouse, you picked the wrong. I'm, one. I'm on the Happy Birthday to Me well, side. Why? <laughs> because it's sleazier and weirder and sleazier it, than the euro the half euro madhouse yes absolutely it's 100% soft. happy birthday to me is, is soft man it's oh please the, the stabbing in this movie the when mary stabs the dude in the closet that's a great scene what are you talking about the ranting japanese number, the dog he number backs one. up I even just took a screenshot of it when I watched it again. I love it. I wish that the knife went into him somehow instead of just stopping on his clothes. No, you don't know what you're talking about. Happy, <laughs> me, you, like, you happy birthday to me stands are so <laughs> foolish. I don't understand it. That movie uh, is soft. Oh, my God. It's not I mean, good. To be, to be fair, I haven't Dante's seen it in a really long time. of... of <laughs> Twin birthday 1981 slashers. Wow. Wow. Bold, bold, bold statement. I mean, okay. So this dude, uh, I do not know how to say his name. The director of this, Olivido Asantes, Mm -hmm. I guess. That's exactly it. Sure. Uh, So he's like, seems like kind of a dick. Like he's, he's always kind of come off as like, he's a producer he shows up and then fires the director and then takes over for him. That's kind mm-hmm. of like his MO is like he'll set something up and he'll be like, hey, James Cameron, come direct this movie Piranha 2. And then he's like, screw you. Get out of the way. I'm going to take care of this. You Don't do worry. all the work leading up to it. The pre-production <laughs> now get out of here. I think that's great. It's I mean, it, it is a big money saver. I can see how that would how that would help him out financially. But uh, so and that's probably what uh, drew Canon to him, which is another big thing. Yeah. He later became CEO of Canon, which is I mean, that knocks him up about four notches in in my respect belt, because sure. that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. So do you know anything about the the happy birthday to me versus Madhouse thing? Why these movies was it was one of them? I mean, okay, so if one of these movies is going to be a knockoff of the other, this dude is kind of a knockoff guy. I mean, I hate to say it, but he is known for being kind of that guy. He has made a few of those movies that are kind of... I know they can't see my face, but you... Yeah. (laughs) I know. I know how disappointed you are in me. Um, Listen, uh, I know how disappointed you are in me all the time. There's certainly, you know, many people have speculated. Yeah, you know, like more people have speculated about it, and I'm one of them. Yes. My friend Gareth, who uh, runs a you know slasher trash, is the other. And then uh, you know probably like the hysteria lives. Uh, I, I we don't know exactly what came first. It's fine if this you know you know how these things happen, like the Dante. Yes. And uh, you know, well, that's that's a mockbuster situation. That's a hundred percent. Somebody yeah. knew that there was a hot script. Right, and then and then they said, "You quickly write one like this, or change an existing disaster film to right. fit this thing." And then, then this is go. like 
Madhouse is, is Jurassic Park, and then you got Happy Birthday to Carnosaur. <laughs> so and and if I were going to choose one of those two films, I'm Carnosaur well is going to be. <laughs> I'm well aware. And speaking of Carnosaur, the dog in this is really the Carnosaur puppet of dogs. Half is, the time. There, that's I, did they use a puppet? I can't. I couldn't tell. It was so oh, realistic. He's great. The, what are you talking I like about? the cigar in the side of his mouth when he no. was doing his insult comic routine and <laughs> mauling them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he shot, he bites that one guy's hand off. There, there are bites some very the funny scenes. That the hand just flies off. I very much enjoy a lot of these things. The um, opening of it, you don't get that in Happy Birthday to me. A nice creepy, you know, it is, it is cool. song and then bash. Yeah. That is super weird. The movie starts with just long, long hallway-like scene. You just kind of see a little girl. It's brilliant because it works exactly, I assume, exactly as they wanted it to. Because you're all the way back. You see her rocking a doll. And you're like, oh, it's a doll. And then when you get to the medium distance, you're like, oh, shit, it's actually another little girl that looks like her. And then you get closer and you realize that it's a realistic looking wax doll that looks like her. And just as you kind of make that realization, she starts smashing it in the face until it's mutilated. Yeah. Which that is an amazing scene. No. I mean, and again, I like this movie. I don't. I'm you think that I'm saying that I dislike it, but I do. I, I enjoy it. I just think it's interesting that this is like like up there for you. You never seemed like an Italian film guy to me. I I don't play uh, I don't play geography <laughs> card. I just like what I like. Like for instance, shopping mall. I do not like that. Oh. I don't appreciate this retroactive love for this pile of shit. I have never stopped loving the movie Chopping Mall. I, I take great offense to the idea that you think that I somehow have just started. I know you asked me on here to mall. do um, Madhouse, but seeing as you are wearing the chopping mall shirt. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I see what's going on here. Yeah, uh, yeah this was this was a gift from somebody. I just knew. I, yeah, I it's a lovely love gift. It. It's a lovely gift. Uh, Winorski's, you know, he's a treat. Um, he's a human. He is a goddamn treat. He's awful. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's it. Shopping mall, good movie or bad movie? Uh, lots of references to uh to eating Raul. So good movie. It's a spiritual sequel to eating Raul in a lot of ways, which uh really makes it pretty great. Uh, okay. It's got killbots in it. This movie is completely lacking killbots, which is a real real shame. God, the faces. You know this is an audio medium, right? <laughs> That's why I'm... Okay. Uh, hey, 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 gotcha. I'm the minority, man. The people that know about Chopping Mall seem to just plum love it. Plum love it. Okay, well, no, let's talk about this thing. Okay, Man so House. Go back to Madhouse. Some of the, back to Madhouse. So some of the, the weird choices in this movie are... Uh, one of them is that this our main character Julia is the is is a teacher in a school for the deaf, mm-hmm. and a lot of the really effective parts of this movie 
for me revolve around her in that school and it feels I don't know why it's there and I don't know what its purpose is but it sets a mood that is fascinating I don't really know what it is and one of the most effective scenes of the movie is so superfluous again I don't know what its purpose was but I ridiculously enjoyed it which is uh, after the skipping way ahead after the child is killed uh, Sasha I believe his name is um, after he's killed by the dog she goes directly back to school and starts talking to all the kids about what happened and goes around and talks to them about their feelings on the subject and there's something about that scene and I cannot pin it I can't peg what it is that makes it so effective or why it's such an important part of the movie but I really enjoy it sometimes you just go you know like you go to a museum or something and you see art you love that art but you don't really know why you can't pinpoint it that's kind of what this is here maybe I think as time goes on just you know like you keep thinking uh, you know I'm dead serious um Again, I'm I'm just calling this a four out of five. You you seem like I'm I'm really shaming this movie. Not not anywhere near that. Uh-huh. Um, so okay, so this another part of this movie that I find kind of weird and I don't know about ineffective, but it definitely seems like a a lot of challenge for a movie like this. It seems like it front loads us with a fuck ton of information, where it's like okay. So we start out and this priest is at this hospital. The woman comes in and she's like, hi, I'm this person. And she's like, and the priest is like, this is your sister. She did this. This happened. This, this, and this, and this, and this. So you find out in this massive info dump that's just this one conversation that she has a twin sister. She has been locked up in this hospital. Uh, She is, uh, so hmm, this is the other part. The fact that this version is called Madhouse, as opposed to the three other names that it has, which are, uh, what are the other names? Along came a something. <laughs> yeah. uh, when she was bad and there was a little girl are right. the other. Um, you know, bad for bad for American audiences. Right. But it, so when I hear Madhouse, I'm like, oh, OK, so she has been in an insane asylum for 20 years or something. Yeah. But do we get that information? I feel like we don't have that information. I feel that's just kind of like insinuated that she was in an insane asylum prior to this. I'm, I know this is really piddling pedantic shit, but like, what's the deal with her dog? If she's been locked away forever, how does she have a fully trained Rottweiler? not to get Star Trek fan on this or anything, but like, is she in there for nine months just because they say she was in the hospital for nine months? I don't understand the Star Trek fan thing. Are they like real Uh, meticulous and yes. (laughs) Fucking nerds. (laughs) Fucking nerds. How dare they? Now let's talk about Madhouse. (laughs) The dog thing. Yeah. They say she's been in there, but has she been in there? Has she not been, you know? Oh, okay. Are you saying that you think that this was like a setup that the priest set up entirely? I think so. That's part okay. of the beauty of the thing is that... Uh, That's actually a good point. I never thought sense, and then you can fill in, um, you know, 
the blanks if you want and try to figure it out and, and make sense of it, even though it may actually not make any sense. Yeah. That's a bit for you. That's what, what a really good, you know, a slash fan, you know, fan of the subgenre <laughs> is that you get these stupid movies that, you know, were written in, in a couple days and you attach so much love to them that you start filling in the, in, in the blanks. You know, you make right, of course. For Friday Thirteenth fans, you know we're doing. Oh dear God, that is the worst two. of all of those things. He saw his mother killed. No, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I agree. I mean, you know. Okay, then, then let me let me give you this. Do you think that she was actually deformed by a virus? Do you think that that whole story is real or that she just there was some other thing going on? Because he says that she's in this hospital, uh, but she had been locked. She's clearly in a hospital and unable to leave because they then say she escaped from the hospital. Right. Um, So she's basically chained to a bed, has been probably moved from an insane asylum to this hospital to recover from this virus that has deformed her face. They can't explain medically. Really. Right. They can't explain it. And that's why that's why she doesn't look exactly like her so that they didn't have to have her in two different roles and do something weird, Um, which, you know, would have been a pain in the ass. Um, So, yeah. Interesting. I will say this. This shot when she's actually revealed brilliant as they're walking in. She's going through all of the like shower curtain looking yeah. things that are covering all of the beds. Very like ridiculously Italian looking thing. Like, very dark like, in there. Yeah. Oh, saving right. a lot of money on on lights and electricity and light a, bulbs. This is a shitty hospital. Uh, not not concerned about the happiness of the uh, of the people who are there. Clearly, but she walks down. She passes a whole bunch of these things, and then finally she sees her sister who grabs her by the wrist and won't let her go and starts screaming about all of the things, like, about how she's going to get revenge on her and and then reminds us as the audience of the horrible, sadistic torture that she put her through as a child. And we learn... Pops up. <laughs> she's really good at popping up. Like, when she kills, she kills the guy in the closet, she's like... Yeah, <laughs> see that, but I did an exact impression of her. Yeah, it was dead on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she's, I have experience she's in the field. Okay, yeah, of popping up and stabbing people. It's true. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we find out this. I think does she even? She might even talk about her about the birthday thing a little bit, which yeah. is was later revealed. Um, she goes to visit her boyfriend, Sam, who is the weirdest looking actor. Like he's really good, but like what a strange choice as like a fit for her. He's his physicality is, is great because you're like, Oh, a doctor who was like beating the ass of these psychotics. This dude, you're like, I think I, I believe that this guy could kill a Rottweiler with his bare hands. He looks like a linebacker. Like he's the dude is really big. For somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to give my speech at the college. <laughs> like The casting is, uh, is you know, like this movie, unfortunately, um, is it uh, Arrow put this out on, on Blue. Um, uh, 
and it's it's one of their lighter extras. You know, it's not it doesn't have yeah. as uh, as much with that. So uh, and it was something I was looking forward to because I wanted to find out more about it. So, you know, it's not an easy movie to find too much uh, out about. So, because I always did <clears throat> part of what I liked about this movie saw it originally which is you know changed a little bit over time was the acting you know from all the characters um yeah definitely a higher caliber of actor right well you know when you're sitting there watching you know i don't want to say the mutilator uh (laughs) you know but (laughs) i don't want to say chopping i don't want to say sleepaway camp sorry about slashers but and listen, Sleepaway movie. Camp. I mean, I know you're working with Felissa right now, and I'm not, not kissing ass. Fucking acting in Sleepaway Camp was shockingly good too. I mean, the shorts were upsetting, but the acting that, was fine. That I did not hear. <laughs> you're about to get anyone into a ever fight say that ever to me. It's fine. Come on. You're working with a fuck ton of kids. That is brutal. Yes. I have no idea yes. how they pulled it off. Yeah, no. I mean, the ant is is, uh, is fascinating. It's just fascinating. That. that has to be a choice. I mean, Felissa. Well, I did that commentary with her recently for Sleepaway Camp, and she said that the the director was pushing her to do that. No sane human being would make that choice by themselves. Uh, that's that's a <laughs> yeah. Chills. No chills. Um, <laughs> but would that movie be as rem- as memorable without that actress? I like that is that sticks in my head. That's a like it rips itself away from this normal, straightforward camp slasher, and it turns into a Tim Burton movie for like like yes. thirty five seconds at a time, and you're just like four man. That's her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I I don't want to go into sleepaway camp thing here, but. <laughs> Just, just you know, straight up. If there's no penis at the end of that movie, is anyone talking about Sleepaway Camp? I think. Tell me. I think you're right. I agree uh, that you take that away, and it does. I mean, it is a movie that is leading up to a shock ending. But I mean, the whole movie is predicated on that. So all of the individual pieces are leading up to it, you wouldn't have any of these scenes. Like you wouldn't start off the movie with the boating accident. And there's just a thousand reasons why you wouldn't do the things in the movie without the ending. So it's, I think it's hard to say, but it is definitely a movie. Uh, that is, the, the, the effects requires the a twist. Most of the stuff happens off screen. The effects on cook, because I just watched it. It was really impressive. I mean, they hang on that shot way too long. Obviously they, they had some good effects going there. Yeah. Wait too long. But I mean, this isn't about Sleepaway Camp. That's her. It's, it's not. This is about. Okay, Mad we'll House. do that later. We'll get Felissa and we'll talk about that later. That's fine. Um, okay. So this is. So she's visiting this weirdly cast mustache guy who's the. Who's the psychologist. He's like a high ranking psychologist in this. In this. I don't know. A psych ward somewhere at a yeah. hospital. Um, and she finally, for the first time, we don't know if they're married or just, they must be boyfriend and girlfriend because they don't live together. Yeah, they're not. Uh, so she finally breaks down and tells him the story of her terrible abuse at the hands of her sister, right. which involved a birthday th- tradition of her 
uh, trapping her on her bed with her trained dog that would bite her if she said anything or made any noise, and she would proceed to stab her with pins, burned matches, and like do just do terrible things to her to try to get her to make noise so the dog would attack her. And we also get later on we have this fucking priest who is. As a character, he is frustrating through this movie. He's one of those, like, just he's a character that you want to die so soon, and it takes so long to get rid of him (laughs) that it, it really drives you nuts. But he is, like, he's, like... He's gaslighting her the entire time from from moment one. He is gaslighting her saying, and you would have these dreams where you'd wake up with little red marks as if you'd actually been bitten by this imaginary dog you talk about. (laughs) Okay. You know, the psychologist asked some good questions of her in in that. uh, He does. I mean, he's he plays the, the role. Well, he is a. He's a smart person, um, but <laughs> it's it it's almost unbelievable that they give her zero credit. Like, if the men in this movie weren't such monsters, I mean, obviously that's James men. is a monster. I mean, am I right? That's men. You know, you know what? They mansplain. Not, this is 1981, not, man. You're probably right, honestly. Women I'm probably, couldn't even vote. <laughs> Uh, I think you're thinking of 1881, but that's cool. Um, so another plus on the side of this, so, or I'm going to say negative on this movie, is it's another murder the cat movie. So <laughs> you show up, you're like, okay, we already know that there's a murderous dog in this plot, and then you're introduced to an adorable cat that hates the actors with yeah. a fucking passion, and you're like, okay, that thing is dead. I will yeah. say that the cat's death is mildly hilarious so extra point points go up a little bit for how hilarious the death of the cat is because it does get thrown in someone's face which is there's a lot of animal shenanigans in this it's filled with animal shenanigans dog yeah who does make it out um oh yeah he tangles with the puppet but the frisbee goes behind the bush and he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. And he, he's, That's true. The dog, the, one of the dogs does live because he's yeah. smart enough to not go for the frisbee. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so good on him. Yeah. Just the kid gets, gets, you know, eaten. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is where Kimura, the, uh, the building super, I guess, uh, shows up. And this is another part of the movie that I think is maybe a little too much. Uh, is how much it relies on us knowing the geography of the apartment building. Um, they really set up that, so she she finds him, she's like, hey, don't go into my apartment. Right. And he's like, but but this, how, this hallway goes from the basement all the way to your apartment, and I don't have to go there. Allowing someone to go directly from your room to the basement. Has everybody figured this out? I guess I have, but I feel like, even if it was just like, hey, they're in the basement. I don't feel like there was ever a plot point where I was like, how the fuck did you get down to the basement, buddy? There must have been a secret staircase that goes from one apartment all the way down. I don't feel like that was really necessary for me. Maybe it's a European thing. <laughs> they're obsessed with like with the geography. Of- little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get all these long know. shots and... 
and again, I mean, you're not wrong that this, I mean, this is a beautiful movie. It is well shot and it's, it's definitely trying for something higher than what a movie like this is. Like happy birthday to me is a shitty slasher is a C grade slasher. And this is trying to be more in the, in the world of the exorcist. Or happy birthday to me show. does have, you know, this is good, good production values and, and the performances in that are, are, you know, above. Yeah. Average, you know, there's and, actors in there who, who've gone on, you know, to have uh, very nice careers, like uh, Julie Brown, Matt Craven, Julie, Julie Brown, Matt Craven, I think his name. I don't know. I, yeah. Again, it's been really, it's been ten years since I've seen Happy Birthday to Me. I need to revisit it. It's soft. <laughs> I will. No one's I will check it out, but. It, that it's, oh, nobody goodness. drills a dog in the skull with no, a power tool. Definitely not. I mean, that... I, nuts. That is a nutso scene. Um, well, but, you'll okay, get so, to, to something eventually here. We'll, we'll get to something which um, is near and dear to my heart that both movies um, offer up, which is something like... was one of the first... Discuss, like, when when... They took me, tried to get me to agree to do something like Time's Up, you know, kind of, uh, you know, birthing a slasher. And he said, these are my requirements. And, and this was one of them. Of course, oh. they're not in there. But, uh, okay. Uh, is it yeah. is it the Rottweiler mauling the, uh, <laughs> mauling the security guards? No, no, no. It's something that Madhouse and Happy Birthday to Me um, uh, give us. Nice. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't even remember what it is. But, okay, so this is the first time we see the Rottweiler, like, legitimately kill somebody. Yeah. Um, and the Rottweiler scenes, the actual dog scenes in this are fucking terrifying. They, when that Rottweiler is attacking somebody, it looks like it's trying to kill them. Yeah. The, the honest-to-God Rottweiler that is in the movie. Um, and then you for some reason... Dogs, yeah. For some reason, they switch it over to the puppet, and it's like, if you'd left that puppet out, this, I think that the puppet is the thing that really takes this movie down a star, I think, in the overall world's view of oh, this movie. You know, I mean, the puppet brings it up for me. Is there even a dog, or is it just a mad puppet killer? You know, <laughs> That's how I like to I, think about it. <laughs> Imagine, you know, this movie would be so <laughs> if it's just Mary with a big rubber fucking dog puppet. <laughs> that is a hundred times better. Uh, you know All what? All of a sudden, we're the movie's pretty fascinating, isn't it? This might be my favorite movie ever now. Uh, <laughs> so they're counting down the days to Julia's birthday, and now we're at day four, and so she's. She's back at school with her favorite pupil, teaching him to hear clapping patterns and doing all this stuff. And and she gets called to the office and we find out that Mary's escaped from the hospital and they're all standing around and they're looking very dour. And we were she goes home afterwards and finds out that her boyfriend is going to cancel all of his appointments to stay with her. And then, oh, no, he's not. He has to go to San Francisco to give a big speech. Right. So she's going to spend her birthday alone, which is obviously a there's a lot of happenstance in this movie, too. 
where a lot of shit does kind of need to go the way that it goes. Another, like, at the end of the movie, like, if he didn't fuck, if, if they didn't get a flat tire, if he didn't, like, lose his, his speech, like, right. there's so much happenstance that is required to get him back there to save her. And then we get the overall message of the movie that is, by the way, nothing matters. There's no salvation. You're fucked forever. <laughs> Which a lot of, lot of good timing necessary. Absolutely. That is a, yeah. Which oh, well. I'm well. not a fan of. Obviously, I mean, that's nonsense. There's, yeah. You can't plan for stuff like that because life happens. You know, oh, man, it's just like that T-shirt that says life happens on it. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> so we're back at the apartment. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, just, I'm thinking about a movie with which one? a woman attacking with a, a Rottweiler. <laughs> I, I think I we need to edit that out. I, I think we need to edit that out and then write one. Uh, yeah, so, okay. We've got uh, Kimura back showing up at the house with obviously the most problematic scene of the film, which is a woman who, it's almost her, her, I guess, yellow face is weird enough to not even be offensive at that point. She's dressed up like Shelley Duvall or something. Like, she's doing something that is bizarre. She's I don't know kooky. why you would She's kooky. Why wouldn't you just hire an Asian actress? Why wouldn't you just have it be a white lady? Why or like what was the point of her of dressing her up in this bizarre way that's like again, it's like almost so not the stereotype that I think they were going for that it almost goes past being offensive to just weird. Right. But uh that's how yeah. I always, you know, you, you brought it up right now. I, I, I never even to me that it might be offensive, which maybe is a, a problem, you know, within, you know, but no, because she, because she's, again, she is, it's weird. Like she looks like she's dressed more like, like she's trying to portray herself as like a doll. Like she's cosplaying yeah. as a haunted doll from the Victorian era. Yeah. Like she is, she's wearing striped overalls and like, just, she has a Vulcan haircut and she is just weird looking. Yeah. No, well, but, she's she's nutty. She's uh, you know you're definitely not dealing with the top brass there. Yeah, no, she is she is an odd an odd odd person. Um, but he's he goes back into the basement yelling. He's well, he knows that she's nutty and he is right. mad. He's like yes. yelling in <clears throat> Japanese as he goes down to the basement for a long time. He's yelling in Japanese. <laughs> a long, long. I've time. never in all these decades known what he was saying. No, me either. I, don't speak I, I mean, Japanese. I, I, I don't either, and it. I have no idea what he was saying, but I'm he sure. He goes on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. The, it, he, it he's is, these long hallway things. <laughs> he's just going at it. You can tell well, that's, that. Well, you know that the script just said, yells in Japanese, yeah, yeah. and they said, keep going until you get the whatever it is, right. the lime or the potting soil or whatever the hell you have that's into the basement. And so... He's walking down there, and he encounters our, our devil dog. Yes. And the devil dog backs him up, and he's like, oh, shit. He slams the door in the basement, and he right. gets away from the devil dog. More yelling. He's safe. More yelling. He's yelling about the dog now. And then he's backed up against a wall, and then Mary pops up and stabs him with the ineffectual stab that I referred to earlier. Um, 
you are still all about it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great shot. And he's just like, it is. Whoop. Yeah. I mean, slides admittedly, down. all of the, uh, the directing in this movie is great. I, I just definitely wish that they'd gone a little more effects crazy. That's just me. Um, budget was a hand concern. fell off because hand fell off. Yeah, pretty good. Um, also, this this it's uh, no chopping the, mall. It's god damn, it's no chopping mall. I mean, oh what are you gonna god. do? <laughs> what is a chopping mall though? I mean, you just don't get movies that good. It's a place where these little squat asteroids. <laughs> shoot out little little beams and then people's uh head explode kind of like the death star yeah very you know you could say that it's kind of a spiritual sequel to star wars it's definitely in the universe i think <laughs> i would de- i uh, definitely think it's in the universe <laughs> Can it, so. Uh, so we get some more again i'm always going to be complimenting the the camera work because the camera work is amazing but these creep like pov shots in the building where the camera is her eyes and we're just wandering around and like turning on the lights turning off the lights doing all this weird shit um pretty great um and you know like is it a perfect movie all right maybe not um but it is that that kind of flair and the, and, the, and the style and the visuals of it that, you know, take something like Madhouse or a stage fright, which yeah. we can do next week. Um, and, you know, just raises them up for me and, and makes me love them more than a happy birthday to me. Something like that. You know, it is I mean, things that, you know, make me see past maybe a puppet. <laughs> Which it's, I think was so intentional. Fun. I think that's Mary with the Oh my God, I wish. Um, I would have loved just that one scene of just her, the actual Rottweiler, and the Rottweiler puppet. And like she's like, my two dogs. And she has the real trained Rottweiler. Great. Great, great Deleted idea. Deleted scenes. I bet it's on there. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Um, and so... So this is another one of the Sam scenes, and I just want to point out that it feels like to me maybe Sam was a red herring. Like, maybe the casting for him is so sinister. Like, you look at that dude and you're like, like, in any other movie, he's the fucking killer. Like, in any movie, you look at that dude and you're like, oh, oh, there's a there's like a fucking strangle murderer going around. It's probably this fucking dude with the mustache, you know, like he looks like uh, like. Gomez Adams cosplaying as the Boston Strangler or something like he's like a fucking he is a weirdo and I love him for it but he definitely like he does not he gives off a a threatening aura let's say sure um okay so Sam while they're making out in the car he notices that the light's gone on and Julia's like well I have to go find out why this light is on I can't keep making out this is very important business so she takes off and goes and looks around she's looking for Kimura can't find him and that's that's the end of our scene we never get any kind of big interaction here um, I love now it. We're, too, we're now well yeah absolutely you need you need your little red herrings and your little like dead ends um Two days before Julia's birthday, 
They're in church, and James the priest is being a fucker. He is being so, so awful. And that's another part of this that I have a hard time with because I feel like she is, she's not really established to be a doormat. Yeah. She doesn't like she, she's a teacher. She's smart. She's accomplished. She's, she seems like she's got her shit together, even though she's been fucked up in the past. And then she goes to this church for some reason, bringing her favorite student with her, which is fucking weird. That's a little weird. That's a little weird. Um, like, how would you feel if you were like, oh, the teacher brought one of my kids to church today? Yeah. No, no, not okay with that. But, uh, but like, he's literally just railing on her. Bible verses powerfully directed. Powerful people, smart, you know, powerful people who are not doormats in life, you know, always throughout time kind of, you know, bow down to the, you know, the servants of the almighty, you know, so that's different. He's on a different tier. You think? Okay. Movies with the mobsters, you know, the mobs (laughs) fucking kill anybody, but like, I won't fucking kill no nun. That's this rack. I don't think they, you know, drop that bombs, but, uh, (laughs) he didn't want to kill no nun. (laughs) I thought you were going Godfather and I was like, well, no, yeah, I mean, you go, whatever, no, you're going, you're going sister act. had <laughs> nuns and priests. Yeah, no, true. Um, and so she, she's outside and she legitimately like just bl- brushes it off, like pretends like that the whole sermon wasn't a total dig at her and her relationship with her sister, even though literally the whole thing was just pointed him staring at her saying, you know, sometimes sisters are fuckheads and we're really screwing everything uh, up. He's got to come up with something every week. I don't know how these guys do. It's <laughs> a good point. I mean, you're, just, you're just looking for material. <laughs> you think it's fully improv? Like he's like doing crowd no, he's work. Like, oh, man, I got I to gotta have a thing this week. I got to have a thing. Oh, right, this, this, uh, this. Hey, what's in the news today? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I definitely do. Okay. Definitely. All right. And so another now we're introduced to one of the only real cartoons in the movie. Like your most of your exploitation movies will have at least one full on cartoon. And this movie has the landlady right. who she is. I mean, she she's a fucking cartoon. Yeah, she nuts. shows up. She makes she, the other <laughs> one look like. You know, she, you know. Right. Uh, she's. I, in watching this movie, I could not decide if she was written that way or if this was an actor choice. And she was like, hey, how about if I do this? I wonder if in the script she was supposed to be uh, like an actual spiritualist or an actual medium. Right. And she was supposed to have actual gravitas. And she was supposed to read these lines about her being in danger and all this stuff with some force. But instead, she chooses to be a, like, Georgia, like, southern accent. Yeah. Like, really heavy southern accent comic relief character who is a hippy-dippy uh, new waver. You're like, new we, ager, so. <clears throat> we gotta capitalize on the whole psychic spiritual thing, okay? Mm-hmm. George C. Scott just came out with a movie, The Changeling, so we gotta <laughs> add that in here. We got to make it, you know, we got to get the Americans in here. So do one of them American accents. 
And, you know, we got to hit all, all the points. <laughs> she hit them all. She she definitely did hit them all. <laughs> and she, did, she I think she had worked a lot. I mean, I, I don't know her name, but um, she was, she's, I, I think she's one of the few interviews on uh, on the, the Blu-ray. Interesting. I think I, I think I saw something about her and yes, she was like a fairly accomplished actress yeah. outside of this movie. And they're like, Mary was like, that was her only role. The person who played Mary, I think she only did this movie and that was it. Right. This was but, for her. She just, she could not take anymore. Why, why go any further? I mean, you've, you've hit the, you hit the mountaintop. There's nowhere else to go from here but down, so... Edith Ivy. Out. Edith Ivy. Yep. Robocop 3. Okay. Oh, Jesus. She plays elderly oh. woman in bathrobe in Robocop 3. Well, okay. She was great in that. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So this is... Basically, she's introduced to give us uh, an occult, spooky some sort of ghostly thing for this thing that isn't ever, you know, there's no follow through to the, to, to the spookiness thing, but she's like, Oh, I sense this evil. And, uh, so she, she has a psychic premonition about the, about the evil sister. And she mentions that the building was a, uh, a funeral home and that like there were tons of bodies and blah, 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 blah. And it's and she says that basically she says that the place is haunted yeah. and that that the family dumped it on her. They all died off and then dumped this place on her. So I don't know. <laughs> Weird. I, you can't I possibly like, hope to you know, know what someone with gifts is going through. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, it's a rich uh, history there. <laughs> That's so true. So we're now to one day before Julia's birthday. And uh, this is where Sasha's headed to school and he's all full of joy and he's got his life stretches out before him yeah. like an eternity. He brought his Frisbee for no discernible reason other than to hang out by the by the fountain, stare at it until he just happens to see a dog. Yeah. Throws the Frisbee to the dog. The dog is excited. Yeah. He then throws kind of wild. And uh, it winds up next to our Rottweiler who scares off the good dog. Who's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Right. Sasha wanders up to the, uh, to our demon dog. And uh, next thing we smash cut to an ambulance. (laughs) For a kid that age, he's got no real, he's got no real good sense. Kid's got no sense. Yes. You know, that age. Well, how old is he? Eight, nine. I don't know, something like that. Those are those definite warning signs he's got from this animal. Not even warning signs. But did he even uh, see the dog? wrong with this dog. <laughs> oh, the, I was saying he had warning signs from the other dog. From the, the one, oh, from the one that, that was smart whimpering? enough to run the fuck away. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's one thing. <laughs> like, you see a dog go, yipe, and then run off. There might be something going on. my age now, I'm kind of like, hmm, should I get out of here because that's danger? Or do I really want to see what, <laughs> what that was. was? Maybe he stepped on like a gold spike or something. 
I've got, I've only got like ten good years left. I mean, Why not go investigate? At I this mean, age? weigh weigh the pros and cons of it. Yeah, he goes <laughs> go any and minute the, anyway. Rottweiler is sitting there with his face all scrunched up, growling, and the and and it's not gold. It's it's just the frisbee. And the kid's like, mm, uh, you know, I'm just going to get my frisbee. Like, I'm sorry. I know he's a kid. I don't I don't want to see any kids. <laughs> but leave the damn frisbee. I'll oh. give you the dollar to buy another frisbee. And I'm not saying he would have made Christ. it out there because you know you can't outrun. It. Right. But little, little, you know, preservation, self-preservation, survive. I, <laughs> I agree, stupid kid. Uh, all right. So Julia's now telling James and her boyfriend that she knows that it's Mary. And they're like, this is when they go full on patronizing assholes to the point that it starts getting a little far fetched that she's like, there was a dog in my like, and they're like, oh, we're just we would rather believe that you're hallucinating than, you know, than listen to you. And so she also it, it does feel like there's a lot of psychic shit that was like maybe in this movie originally that kind of got dropped out because she also starts talking about how she can feel what Mary feels and see what Mary sees. Yes. And we know that that's not true because if that were the case, she would make a lot of different fucking decisions. That's just a, that's just a a case where she is lying. (laughs) (laughs) And like how the the doctors like one minute you're lying, you know, it's like how I, I tell my, my teenager, like you tell a whole bunch of lies and then, you know, you cry wolf that one time when the wolf's there, like, we're not going to believe you. And that's, that's unfortunately what happened there. These men, wonderful men. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do I lead you down into these traps? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Just cause it's fun. So, all right. So now Juliet has decided that with a dead child and all this, that she can't take off because the kids need her, right. which to me is insane. Like under normal circumstances, under like less close knit school circumstances, you would take a day off and have your kids go home to their families to mm-hmm. deal with these things. Instead of putting that burden on a teacher in this case, she's like, Hey, come on now, bring them all in and we'll talk about death together. But it does bring that fucking amazing, like that scene together, which is really cool. Um, She, uh, Sam finally is like, oh, so I was, you know, you were talking about the dog being in the house and I was like, you're an insane person. There's a bunch of really big claw marks on your door. Look about the size of a Rottweiler. Um... So maybe you weren't making it up. Cool. Anyway, I'm still going to San Francisco and you should stay home. I'll, (laughs) I'll give you another person to sit in the room who could also be eaten by a Rottweiler. I mean, I don't know what his, his plan was not, not really well thought through. Not a great guy, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, So Helen, her, I guess, neighbor, (laughs) Who was also the who was also working with her, I believe, because mm. she like 
she was in the commissary and she kind of fat shamed her about some sort of dessert early on in the movie. Yes. Um, so they live together and work together. They're kind of, there's a weird thing going on there, but she comes, stays with her and she's like, I'm going to take care of you. She puts her to bed and she's like, don't you worry about anything. I'm prepared for anything in my underwear and dress shirt. Never. Potter. <laughs> I mean, yes, fodder, but also like somebody comes into your house and they're like, also, I'm going to walk around in my underwear and sit on your couch in my underwear. Fuck that person. I mean, it was practically the 70s. It was, yeah. Good point. No, girls in eighty. That's that's the seventies. Yeah, all strung out in the drugs. It's it's all the drugs. The Ronald. Yep. Yeah, and so you know, it's a Euro thing. We we can't possibly true. What's going on (laughs) in their minds over in in, you know the half Euro? No, you couldn't possibly know what's going on in the minds of Italian filmmakers. No. Uh, so, but it definitely involves underwear and, and men's dress shirts. Uh, so she's, Julia has one request and only one request. Do not open the door no matter what, she right. says. And so Helen hears a spooky voice mm-hmm. calling her by name. Yes. And opens the door. Right. Cat runs out. Helen goes to look for it. And, of course, Mary grabs the cat and murders it somehow off screen. Uh, and that is our that's our dead cat. So Helen's still looking around the building for the cat. And then there's like scream laughing down the hallway and somebody throws the murdered cat in her face. And uh, she has kind of a one of those unforced error movie moments where she's like running down the stairs and she trips herself. Yeah. Kind of. She just kind of goes, whoop, (laughs) takes a header and uh, too late. Dog grabs her by the neck and uh, and then mauls a guy in a blonde wig and. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny that's, yeah uh she was uh that's another one really not much sense not much sense no i mean where would we be with horror movies if people had sense you know every now and then you get a horror movie where people make organic decisions are we are, oh really are you gonna bring up strangers pray at night is that what you're gonna do are you gonna you gonna I, bring I, there's up only, strangers? there's only one so there's only one choice made in the strangers pray at night where I was like, oh, oh. which one was that? I actually like that movie. I will now I'm to be fair. I'm actually the one bringing it up because it really was one of those movies where it's like, fuck, those were pretty much the right decisions all the way down the, down the run. I mean, I don't want to go off on a thing of movies. I'm in here, but I also feel that haunt is, is full of, Maybe the decision to go into that haunt right. isn't great, but I, I've done some odd business in my childhood. Like a lot of abandoned places. Yeah. Of no course, same person like, should be walking into. Not even just like, oh my God, it's going to be a demon or a satanic cult. But like, dude, the floor is going to fall <laughs> from under you and you're going to land on something sharp and rusty. So you are going to get tetanus by yeah, being here. We're. You know, we, we've we've all done dumb things, but other aside from that, I think haunt 
is is you know is no. you know decisions that that I can see people making. But there's a yeah. the strangers Kinsey Bailey runs away from one of us, maybe me, and she hides in one of the trailers, and she hears a a very creepy noise in like the living room area it's a it's a music box and it's like <laughs> that's what she hears and then she goes to investigate it i'm like come on look no you're the only people in this trailer park besides the killers like it's not time to go see what that really fucking creepy noise is and like you know, i've told like I was at a cabin by my, in like, the middle of nowhere by myself recently, and like, <laughs> I heard what sounded like a tree being ripped out of the ground. And like I just in my head, it was the, the melted bear from Prophecy. Um, but for a second, I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And I was like, "Do I really like? I'll find out tomorrow. I'll just <laughs> like it's dark." But I, I mean, I, I investigate noises all the time, but that that was too much for me. That one, yeah, that's, does lead that's into a, noise that a you're... scene that's really cool. That she's underneath the blanket and she like pops up in slow motion, and it's like, which, yeah, well, that made it okay. No, I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Oh man, yep. So. All right, so we've got our Helen is dead. You gotta cut these people some slack. Everyone's always like, "Oh man, like who's there? Who the fuck says who's there?" You don't know you're in a horror movie. Like that's what it's a right. Thing. <laughs> right. Like, you're on your property or something. You don't know you're in a horror movie. So who's there? Yeah. Legitimate question. And be, yep. Oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna say who's there to the killer? They don't know there's a killer there. Shut right. Listen. And she. And it's like. At this point, uh, Helen as a character is she is not being stupid. She got fucked over by Sam because Sam has information he did not pass on to Helen where it's like, oh, by the way, there may be a killer dog running around here. So don't open the door. But I mean, she was told not to open the door. To be fair, also that. That's your only job. Yeah. You hang out in your underwear, you drink all the wine. Like with, and you don't open the door. Don't open the fucking door. And it's like one of like it's like one of my kids is standing door. They're like, That's exactly what I'm gonna do. You guys all killed. That's cool. Yep. That's that's what I, that's exactly how you're gonna die is by one of your kids leaving the door open when oh, you say you heard the door. Oh, I know. <laughs> I no, it's gonna be through or, homeschooling them. Or honestly, your kids might just kill you. I mean, I could see that happening too. Yeah, by having to homeschool them during a pandemic. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. I can't imagine. They're going to kill oh. me with second grade math. <laughs> is it? Is it trying? I don't understand. It's like an alien language. I'm oh, Jesus. I'm good at math or school. I'm an idiot, definitely. But, you know, they don't do things the way we were taught right right all new thing here so instead of like subtracting you got to pull apart like each of the numbers and 
put them back together and figure out why they exist and like little neurons. <laughs> it's almost like on? they don't want people to be smart because a stupid populace is way easier well, to I, like, I can't do second grade math. If only there were more jobs for people to put bags on their heads and stock people with axes, we wouldn't be in this situation. Thank God I found a good, good field. <laughs> it's, it really, it's, I'm, it's kind of perfect. And when I do those movies, when I do those parts, they're like, what's your, you know, people, uh, do, like, I'll do a podcast, and they'll be like, what's your motivation as a character? And I'm like, Pfft. There's, it's, I had a bag in my head. There's no, like, what, what, what do you mean? But or really, I'm thinking about second grade math. They said walk from point A to point B, hold and it I'm here. Just like second grade stand. math. <laughs> What's your motive? Life is my motivation. Oh, my paycheck is my motivation. Oh, oh my little puppets. <laughs> Dude. This, that fucking movie is solid. The more I think about it, the more that movie is solid. Hell yeah. Also, also for six grand, Full Moon will make it for you without you doing anything. It's on Shudder right now. Just tell me it's on Shudder. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I don't know. I was told that, uh, that I should pitch Rad Wraith to Shudder, but uh, I don't know how to do that, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you could make it on a $6,000 budget. Rave to shutter. Yeah, they're looking for like they're looking for dumb content, so Are they? Like uh Fango and all those places are trying to put stuff together, so put together your is this conversation we're having on on the Now it is. Right now we're having this conversation. Yeah, put together I'm a little pitching, little no. uh, lookbook. I don't want to pitch Do it. Put together a little pitch, and I'll fine. Uh, oh, look, I have some connections. Okay, I don't know. If you know. I'm dude. I'm still. I'm still working on that script that we talked about like months ago. I am in a movie on Shutter. Where that is true, dude. That I mean, I say this all the time, but that movie, Shutter, is wonderful and it is full of amazing things. But that movie got shafted, just terribly. It should have had a theatrical release. That movie is phenomenal. I, I recently mean, everybody about everybody knows some that of now. the of, of why it, uh, it was it Hellride. No, no, I really had nothing to do with any Hellfests or any other. Oh, Hellfest was that what it was called? Yes, definitely not Hellride. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's something. Um, <laughs> it was Hell something, and it was a movie that was not anywhere near as good as Haunted. They, they use all sorts of terminology to explain it. Locked and four-walled and, and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, it was pretty terrible. But uh, there is, you know, maybe something coming in October that is not the same as a initial theatrical release. But you know, it's Ooh. a little more love. Holy shit! Well, that's very exciting to hear. Cool. Well, that's I think vague enough. That you haven't spoiled anything. Keep your eyes out. You know, t- <laughs> 2020. Awesome. The best year we've ever had. Or a thing and then a limited edition version of that. Awesome. Oh, you know. that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's really exciting. I already know about that one, but that's, yeah, that's going to be good news. 
Um, I'm all over that. Okay, so we've we've finally gotten to this pretty much the end of this thing. We're we're here with James loading what is clearly a fucking body into the basement, and and in a I assume a comic relief moment, he has the landlady help him move this corpse into the basement. Um, I think probably the joke here is that she's psychic and she didn't see this coming. I couldn't quite pull it all together. God bless her. <laughs> but they load this thing in clearly a corpse and she's like oh I have to be somewhere else and James starts getting really fucking weird this yeah. is the beginning of James being the kind of weirdo serial killer that you do not see in movies anymore this is a 70s relic yeah like he could have been played by I, I don't know any number of like super weirdos he was a a strange choice. But he starts singing nursery rhymes and all of these things. He kills her, of course. Yeah. But this begins his like his his killer tormenting is singing nursery rhymes. Yeah. Which it's a bit grating. I'm not gonna lie. I mean <laughs> He's not meant to be likable. That's true. That's true. Um, in the spirit of Billy from Black Christmas, you know, they just, they all had a song in their heart. <laughs> yes, so true. So very true. Uh, so after, after doing all of that, whatever, he's, he finally goes and gets Julia for her birthday party. Yes. And, and he's got the, he, he's acting so insane. I mean, maybe he has built up a lifetime of being insane and not murdering. Just anymore. pouring out. Just pouring so that So that she is now just like, I, you know what? I am so inured to you being this fucking insane. Doesn't, doesn't phase me a bit. Sure, put the blindfold on me. Sing a song and lead me into the basement. Sure, padlock the door behind me. You know what? Whatever. Fuck it. Let's just keep going. Sure. You know, it smells like corpses down here. She Whatever. Let's just keep she going. Trusts him. <laughs> she does. You know, <laughs> you know what I would have liked? What I would have liked in this movie that might have made this, this ending land a little better for me was a story about how the trauma that she experienced from her sister made her lose her sense of smell. And, oh, my God, I, I don't know what it was, but... You could put me in a room full of six corpses and I wouldn't even smell it. Listen, you're, you're kind of uh, shitting over <laughs> the great, one, one of the great gifts that this movie gives you. That is true. And he does say he embalmed. Shitting over at least, should be a phrase. Um, shitting, shitting and over. And happy birthday good. to me, which is the corpse part. Yeah. Which I have not seen in a long time. I've not seen a good corpse party where Slumber Party Massacre a two. All the all the I, but you know, decades. I, I don't think it's That is that is one of my favorite corpse parties, actually. Um not to not to in impugn Felissa and her non non role in that one, but uh, it's a good corpse party. Uh yeah, all the victims from the movie. You know, April Fool's Day does it, but it's 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 a that pisses me off so oh, much. Corpse party. That movie makes me so insanely yeah. mad. I miss the corpse party. Yeah, me too. I was like, if we're gonna do this, 
time's up, you know, and it's a party, it's a New Year's Eve, I want corpse party. I just, nice. All the victims from the movie gathered that somehow this killer has inexplicably managed to get everyone here and pose them, put them in little party hats and, and whatnot. Uh, and for no one to question how we pose this and that, just get them all here. Yeah. Don't foresee that happening. That's too bad. But I need more uh, money. <laughs> do you think I mean so this movie did go all out on the corpse party. The people yes. who are at the table look fucked up. Yeah. Like he he says that he embalmed one of them. He embalmed the night watchman, but nobody else. Right. Because he was the oldest one and I think that was where the the script writer was like they're going to really smell a 4-day-old corpse. Right. But two 2-day-old two corpses maybe it'll be fine. So they had Lysol like, back then. Yeah, exactly. I so don't actually know that. They, I'm sure they did. They had pine saw at least. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, freshness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure, it's fine. Um, but yes, so they get to this wonderful corpse party, which is it is delightful. Yeah. I love the you know Christmas lights everywhere. The you know of course a bunch of fucking baby dolls and weird shit on the wall because you got to have that kind of stuff, and. James doing his stupid fucking nursery rhymes. And I got to say, this was out of left field. Like, even after seeing this, I I think I've seen it twice before this and seeing it again. I still was taken by surprise because I still remembered this being the other way around. I remember James getting killed because it makes more sense because Mary being the psychotic and murdering James and James being the like, I don't know. I mean, he's already killed somebody, so he's not, you know, an unwilling accomplice or, you know, a witless accomplice or whatever. But he's I would have seen him getting murdered more because she's the the crazy violent one. But she he does kill Mary in a like just kind of like, look at how nuts I am and just stabs her in the back. And she's like, what the fuck? And then dies sort of. Uh, So now. She Julia really knows that she's dealing with someone who is probably kind of dangerous. Yeah. And and uh, we go through that whole rigmarole with uh, with Sam and his papers on the top of the car. They blow off after the flat tire and everything. And he's like, I got to go home and get my my other speech, you know, if I. And they establish it earlier in the movie. They're like, don't worry. I have a separate copy that I'll give you to read because she's excited about reading the copy. So he's like, aha, there's another one there. And we established that earlier. And this is just (laughs) this is fine script writing is what that is. Uh, And so he he comes back and while he's upstairs looking for the script, he starts hearing the insane laughter and. And the sing song coming from the basement. And he's like, what the fuck is this? He goes down to the basement, kicks the door in, and he's like, oh, killer murderous dog. Fuck. Runs from, like, fights the dog for a minute, throws it off, gets behind a door. The dog full on Jack Nicholson's through the door. Yeah. Here's Johnny's the door. And uh, luckily there was a plugged in drill right next to the door. <laughs> He grabs it. I'm always leaving tools around. Yeah. 
Um, my kids, yeah, my kids are always picking up tools I've left around plugged in. So that's another one. I know, I know it. <laughs> it's, that's going to be another one of your undoings. Someday drill to the head, just like this poor dog. Uh, dog in a headlock, and he just drills its brains out. Yeah. And it is full on dead. So now we're down to just just our, our evil priest. And again, the threat doesn't look that bad because this dude clearly outweighs him by, yeah. you know, like a good 40, 50 pounds. He's got he's, a mustache. He, and he has a mustache, so he's clearly more powerful than him in many ways. Um, yeah. So he he goes in and basically, even knowing that this man has probably killed six or seven people here. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to untie you and not yeah. worry about this. He grabs a hatchet and instead of using the hatchet to chop the, the bonds that are holding her right. in like one fell swoop, he then dicks around with untying her. And then of course, James gets the drop on him and puts a knife under his chin, you know, is distracting him. Like, t- you know, telling his crazy story. But of course, Julia gets away in the meantime and she grabs the hatchet and just hamburgers the fuck out of his back. Yeah. In one of the more impressively disgusting things in this movie. Yeah. I don't know why it's so gross, but there's something very gross about what she does to that dude. Yeah. They just have like a side of beef and put it yeah. on it. Uh, you know, cardigan. Uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's very effective it's it's really like and sam's expression really sells it too because it's a it's a clear it's her character arc is essentially happy to completely insane which yeah. is a fun character arc for your your main character to go through but by the end she's clearly nuts because sam is as a psychiatrist is over in the corner going oh he's got this like what the fuck are you doing look on his face that is like uh, perfect absolutely perfect and then we get of course we get one last big scare of Mary not really being dead on the stairs and she says the line that is encapsulates my feelings about movies of this type and from this era the chainsaw massacres like all of these things um, where I, I mean, maybe I'm just a happy ending guy. Like I like it when I like the aliens. I like the, I like the hero leaving, and being able to put it behind them because they've over they, they arc in a way that this ties up a part of their past. Yeah, and they and they move on from there. Uh, in this movie, the arc doesn't really end, and Mary essentially says the line, "You're never gonna be okay." You know, this will never be over for you, I think, is what she says. Or, no, you'll never be free, is what she says. And and that's the, I mean, that was the moral in big sarcastic air quotes of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is you won, but you're dead. You're, you, there's nothing like your life from here on is not worth living. Right. Like you are, you cannot overcome what you just went through. Like it As was too is much. the case with so many of these, you know, horrible. But I mean, so many of the '70s ones. 
I feel like, I mean, maybe it's because the 80s movies are so bubblegum and stupid in a lot of ways, but it feels like even the the most insane ones, even your, like, later Fridays, your final girl that gets through a later Friday movie is like, whew, that was a rough day. <laughs> Anybody want pizza? You know, I, like, I didn't know any of those people too well. <laughs> Yeah, I actually hated like 50% of those people. So, well, that's another thing. It's when you cast obnoxious, shitty actors. I mean, and that was that that is, I mean, and that's the difference is that the 70s movies like this. And I count this as a 70s movie because it's 81, which basically is still the is still the 70s in a lot of ways. Um, They had this bleakness to them. Where the the '80s ones, even if they were bleak, they were they were popcorn. They were like no substance, and intentionally like knocking off people who were annoying. You right. know, you would basically build a cartoon character that you're yeah, like, well, boy, I can't wait for him to die. The fodder characters, yeah, and you got yeah, you know, keep keep um you know, cranking up the body count. But this is, you know, I mean, technically it's 1981, you know, as far as the subgenre goes, that's, that was the, the start of the golden age of slashers, as they say. I, yes. Yeah, you're my bloody Valentine's, you're the burning. Uh, my bloody Valentine, what a fucking amazing movie. Some good ones, some good ones. Yeah, my boy Valentine is um, has some good stuff in it. Some good stuff. It's the best thing Canada ever produced. That's not true. Is it? Is it? You're you're such a fucking Doonesbury apologist. Black Christmas. <laughs> Black Christmas. What? Oh, that's true. That's a good point. I didn't even think about Black Christmas. It's, uh, it's, so true. Rick Moranis. Um, Rick Moranis. Oh, God damn, Rick Moranis. You got me at Rick Moranis. Now, my boy Valentine, you know, that, that, that's come up a lot because, um, you know, uh, talking about Time's Up, you know, why Portland? Well, there's a lot of reasons why Portland, Maine. But why we are okay with it being here and, and you know, kind of push for it to be here was that felt that, you know, Portland, as you know, is kind of a like bizarre little odd place, tiny. Yes, I agree. Uh, an odd little seaside city that often has like a fog thing going on. And I felt that it would have a lot of character, add a lot of character, especially in the winter when all the holiday lights on Congress and whatnot. And I, I have, you know, kind of referenced My Bloody Valentine uh, as a Valentine bluff. It kind of has its own personality. It's like its own character. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. absolutely agree. Something that Madhouse does not have. It's, uh, it Madhouse is, anywhere. like, Madhouse could have existed entirely in that one building. <laughs> yes. I mean, and, yes. and essentially, in for all intents and purposes... That movie is a one-building movie, but right. it, maybe it should. It's have a mo- been. Maybe that would have been. I mean, interesting. Like it's. I mean, not to. I mean, it is a monster in the house movie, essentially. I mean, and so there's no reason for her 
to do anything anywhere else. But eh, I don't know. I think it. I think it's again the school for the deaf. As much as I don't understand its purpose, it's it feels so completely random. But still, I it adds something magical and mysterious. And maybe that's maybe that's what I'm what I'm not able to get is the fact that the fact that it is strange and random yeah. is precisely why it works. So, I mean, that, because that kid maybe because he couldn't hear the Rottweiler, maybe that's why he kept trying to pick up the frisbee. It could have been anybody though. It could have been somebody who just wanted to pick up the frisbee and didn't see the dog there and the, the dog kid, overpowered the kid, them the kid yeah because he was he, was he deaf he was deaf the kid was deaf but he could see he could, he could see so he made eye contact with the dog yeah. and but you could see is, he was a little afraid of the dog not enough because he was not an idiot he was clearly smart enough to know that there's a fucking... Uh, he was kind of an idiot because he just can't get that Frisbee, which I know he did, but it's still... You're talking about 25 cent in 1980. 20, True. You know, that's no joke to a kid, but... Yeah. I mean, that might have been like a nice professional level Frisbee for like a buck fifty. A Frisbee brand get, Frisbee. You know, when you sign up, Sign for something, get a frisbee or a, for a checking bag. account. Yeah, that kid just got his first checking account and then lost his life for the frisbee that he wanted. Gonna put in his for. birthday money, frisbee. His happy birthday to me, money, if you will. You won't, you won't take that. You won't take that from me. Oh my God, that face, Jesus. <laughs> this is a. This is a, a fight that I have with other people constantly. Um, these other slasher fans. Happy birthday to me. Thing. So, like, I don't want to come on here and have I'm tired of having it. Listen, I don't, I don't pick favorites in these things, even though I totally did first thing in this. I still, like, it's not like I'm going to not watch this movie because I would prefer to watch Blood, Happy Birthday to Me. Um, and honestly, I didn't even remember which movie it was. I couldn't remember if it was Bloody Birthday or like, there's like 50 other ones. I think you should revisit Happy Birthday to me. Clearly I should. And with an open, you know, yeah. you have, you know, the point where you're blinded by nostalgia for Happy Birthday to me. So I think it's worth a revisit for you to see how not as great it is as you think. Okay. It's I'm going a to. movie. I don't like crapping, shitting over stuff like that because it makes it seem like I dislike Happy Birthday, which I don't. I think it's got great production values and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's solid. But, you know, I need to be clear. So would you say you are also a fan of Piranha 2 The Spawning? I would not <clears throat> say that. So you don't follow this director anywhere? This is a particular... <laughs> <laughs> is he also he's a, he's a producer on uh, one I do love, which is uh, Tentacles? Yeah, I know. Oddly, Tentacles is one of Michelle's favorite movies of all time, which is a. I mean, you can see why we're married. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. I mean, what a cast! What a cast! Yeah. 
And what may be the greatest scene in any Animal Attack movie of all time is, of course, the couple with the baby. <laughs> and oh, just, just like, like she, plucks she gets off them, she's yeah. like talking, and then she looks over and she's like, "Honey." <laughs> I mean, you know, when you you have a child. Like, you, you know, you, you lose your social life there for a while. So, like, you're out, you meet a friend. You know, the kid's in a stroller. Like, a lot of times, you know, a kid runs off and you're like, oh, my God, man, this kid's in a stroller. You don't expect. Uh, you don't expect tentacles. A cephalopod or whatever they are. I don't think it's. Is it a cephalopod? I, I think it is. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have gone for that. Uh, no. Too bad. I think I think you're right. I think it is a cephalopod. <laughs> you don't expect a giant cephalopod <laughs> child off the, the you know dry land. That's literally the only reason I didn't have kids was because of that fear. It's my constant legitimate. fear that it would be abducted by a giant squid. I, my only the only I, I can say regret because I had no involvement in the movie. But the only thing I wish is that I had gotten that. Uh, octopus versus Shelly Winters fight that I thought was coming at the end. You know, just duking it out. <laughs> just her grown to enormous size like Ultraman. Yes. And just punching yeah, exactly. a fucking thing in the face in the middle of a city. Instead we get, you know, um, Bo, Bo Hopkins. Oh, you know, man. Orcus. Zorka. Don't. That's a pretty cool ending. Um, no, I, <laughs> do not impugn Bo Hopkins. God damn it. Yeah, he's in a shitty slasher too. He's in several. Sweet Sixteen. Oh, it's not even a slasher movie. No, it's 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 soft. That is a. I don't even know what that is. It's like a lifetime movie. That it's like a lifetime a movie. It probably was that kind of script and someone peppered in yep. slasher stuff Enough. to, uh, you know, and I, th- I don't think it made it over PG, right? I think it's still a PG rating, right? Probably. Maybe like, I'm crazy. You know, like, I, I, I don't, I've not found out, you know, like, but like, uh, when a stranger calls, which is like the greatest 20 minutes of all time the <laughs> opening. And then the most boring, like sloggy crap in the middle. Not was that the you know the, that was a made for TV movie, right? Yeah. That they're okay. like, we need to get in on this slasher business. So they you know, they packed on the babysitter thing. Yeah, but then you get the sequel like where you have the best scene the best two minutes of any movie, which is the killer painted like the wall. It's crazy. <laughs> the sequel is better. It's not great, but it's better. Yeah, he's he's like a little chameleon. It's nuts. He's weird. He's also a ventriloquist, which is, you know. Well, you know, the ventriloquists are never. If you know somebody who's a ventriloquist, they're eventually going to have a They are unstable. Yeah, of course. Especially this particular one who painted himself entirely in blackface to do do comedy. So not great. Um, I mean, the murder probably worse, but still obviously not good. Um. Yeah, Charles Durning though. Holy shit, Charles Durning was in that movie. Charles Durning, both, both movies. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, jeez, uh, beaches in Normandy, right? You're right. But just boring. <laughs> yes, very, very boring. Even for a made-for-TV slasher. What was obviously. that? Obviously. 
Yeah. That pisses me off. <laughs> that movie has always pissed me off. And people, I'll see people on Facebook, like, like, you know, normal people, average Joe, like someone I went to school with, although, you know, I've had to unfriend homeless people. So just... Good. But, uh, you know, like, when a stranger calls, fucking classic. Like, you, you've never seen when a stranger calls. Your little, <laughs> little brain remembers you, that opening scene from 30 years ago. And has, has told you that you like when a stranger calls, but sit there and watch it. It's yeah. boring. Well, I mean, especially, I would imagine it especially irks you because I've heard the uh, the calls are coming from inside the building right. uh, trope right. credited to when a stranger calls, right. when clearly it right. was not when a stranger calls. It yeah. was Black Christmas. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously ob- obvious it was taken from Black Christmas. Uh, when a Stranger Calls does pull that off better or pulls it off more like, <gasps> surprise, because you don't know. And you, yes. I mean, you know, you know, that I, I, I've never, that's been a thing about Black Christmas is that I, I don't ever recall not knowing that Billy, who we just take his word for it that his name is Billy, that yes, is not in that house. Like, I feel like I've always known that he was in the house. Yeah, making the calls from the house. Like that's never been a mystery. So like when Jess finds out at the end of Black Christmas, I mean, it's a surprise to her, but it's not right. a surprise to us. But whereas in you know when a stranger calls, you know we don't know what the fuck's going. I can see that, but I mean, it is still, I mean, still Black Christmas is the, like, that is, that is There's a another moment. movie that borrowed heavily from Black Christmas. It's called Halloween. <laughs> Absolutely true. And has been, of course, he has, he has said very clearly that that was, that was the truth. You so. should keep saying it. <laughs> he should. We're because people checks. don't, don't believe it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you, Damien. That was enlightening. I appreciate you doing this. Well, you provided most of the information. Well, you know, I just like seeing you, man. Um, I don't get to see you very often, unfortunately, because of the uh, the world. What a world! It's nice. A crazy it's world. nice to do something where I actually get to see you. So, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, I can do it again. You know, when, awesome. You know, uh, I would love to. Stage frights. Stage fright. I would love to do stage fright. Yeah, stage absolutely, fright, man. Will do. A lot of love for stage fright. Me too. And I haven't seen it for a really long time, so I would really Great. be stoked to revisit it. You're going to love stage fright. <laughs> Beautiful moments I, in it. Yeah. I mean, I remember two or three of them very clearly, but yeah. I think you're going to. Good. And there's also a cat in that. Too. <laughs> Oh, the Italians love murdering cats. Cat survives. So they love it. Enter safely. Oh, nice. Good job. <laughs> awesome. All right. So support the uh, Times Up Indiegogo. Go to that. Give it yeah, money. If you're a slasher and fan, I mean, you know, trying to do something you prob- new here. And no, yeah. no way, shape, or form like New Year's Evil, which is not a slasher movie. And it's definitely not good. 
<laughs> you're not wrong. It's you're not terrible. wrong. It's bad. That is another movie. Oh. I mean, I I enjoy it and I I do watch it from time to time, but it is mostly because of how corny it is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I do have a great shirt, New Year's Evil shirt, which I'm wearing in the campaign video on the Times Up Indiegogo. Nice. And then, the, your friends oh, at Oh, was it Fright inspired Rides. by New Year's Evil? No. <laughs> Not at all. You should wear Hired that to, to do the New Year's Eve thing by Congress Street. Oh. Lights and stuff. And the whole time yeah. thing, there was a whole time thing going on. That, it, you know, it all just kind of came together. That's awesome. You know, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a gimmick. We, we weren't like, man, let's pick a holiday. Like, do a slasher movie. Like, what is there left? Arbor Day, you know, Brown <laughs> That wasn't it. It just kind of fit together. But I excellent. <laughs> I mean, I would watch a Groundhog Day slasher. But you know, it's like saying. Happy Death Day. Did they do that? You know, is that kind of like well, that's a different Groundhog Day. You know, you just need maybe that's <laughs> yeah, that where the puppet basically. thing is. It's Groundhog puppet. Fuck. <laughs> you know, just use the one from uh, the Caddyshack. <laughs> so we'd have to, you know. Alter it. I, I'm really, I'm really on board for this. So uh, I'm just saying, you know. Roundhog. I'm listen. I got to write up that other script, but right. once I'm done with that, Look, I'll start working on this, on this puppet. What movie. have you been doing for like the last seven months? We've been in. Oh. This. We oh my. wrecking that shop of yours and rebuilding it. Hey, look, it's done now. You can actually go into our store now. I heard. That's great. So start writing. Okay, fine. I will. So now no. I'm done with that. So I will start writing that. I'll think of a tagline. You know how. I <laughs> okay. Good for taglines. Perfect. Groundhog Day. I'll do the trailer too. <laughs> In a world. Now look who's awake. <laughs> Cut all that stuff. Look who's talking now. <laughs> Look who's talking now. Three men. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Uh, follow us at Funbox Monster Podcast at Coast City Comics and buy things from CoastCityComics.com. And you can see Damien in Haunt on Shutter right now. And, and, and of course, the Indiegogo for Time's Up. <laughs> so do all of those things. You see my face on the Indiegogo. Yeah, you can see his face instead. So what happens when I'm in charge? Because <laughs> on this thing, he just he just mugs and expects you to understand how mad he is yeah. <laughs> about the things I'm saying yeah. about movies that he deems to be. Trash. They can I, I, they can see my silence. They can, they can. <laughs> yeah, I think you can fill in the blanks yeah. with all of that. This one guy's uh, talking. This other guy just stopped talking completely. Just stopped. He's <laughs> either staring he's at a either, wall like he's uh, gonna murder. Frozen. Him. Furious. Yeah, that's that's my excuse is that it's the zoom freezing up. Yeah, and it's not that you're being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good night, Damien. It's great good to night, see man. you, Thank you. man. All right, I'll see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.